This is a story of a man named Stanley. Stanley worked in a big building where he was employee number 427. Employee number 427's job was simple. He sat at his desk in room 427 and watched a monitor, which told him what buttons to push, how long, and in what order. This is what employee number 427 did every day of every month of every year. But one day, he noticed that his cup was missing, and in its stead was a note stating that some hockey hooligans had stolen it. Strange, Stanley thought. Why would someone break into the building and only steal my cup? He pondered for a moment, then realized, that Raphael always had it out for me. Stanley decided to listen to Control Structure, episode 110, for June 15th, 2016, while also looking at the show notes at thenexus.tv slash cs110. Hello, with, Stanley. And with with me today is Stephen Orvis. Hi, Andrew. Uh, you gave away the spoiler! And my name is Andrew. Hi, Steve. <laughs> so, um, stuff happened. Um, so, a very rare event is happening right now around here called Brood 5 of the periodical 17-year cicadas. Uh, do you have them up where you are? So, I have not recently heard them. Brood 5, is that not the full-fledged brood with the, all of them come out? It's these very specific emergence. Because I, I, I know that they have like a delay by a couple of years. They miss their 17 years. Is this the exact 17th year? Some, sometimes they do, but they emerge every 17 years, but in different places at different times. Aha. Uh-huh. So perhaps mine just haven't exactly appeared yet, because so, I haven't heard them. So if you go down, well, actually, by Cannonsburg, they are everywhere. See, that's how it was uh, once... Apparently, 17 years ago or so, uh, up by my place, I remember walking up over back behind our house up in the woods and the fields back up in there. And like you said, they were everywhere, and the sound was just like all over the place. And they were so, every place. So, uh, this particular group uh, last emerged in 1999. So, does that seem about right or not? 1999. It's been a long time since last time I saw them, and I've I've seen like the ones that came out just a few here and there. I I saw them, but the big massive one, it's been a long time. So probably yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, actually, uh, it was Sunday uh, that uh, due to like some scheduling, uh, well pre-scheduled stuff going on, that we were actually going to have service out in a pavilion uh, outside, you know in the uh, community center where the church meets. Um, But due to certain scheduling things that we were able to be inside until noon on Sunday. And then we had to like, you know, you know, hurry up and get out. And then we went and had ice cream under the said pavilion. And uh, yeah, the sound was everywhere. They were flying around. They are very clumsy flyers. (laughs) And, uh, like, even the day before, we were, like, going out and uh, passing out flyers and visitation and stuff. So, uh, Mrs. Clark pulls into the parking lot there, does not shut the motor off in the car. Okay. And within a minute, 
we are descended upon. <laughs> so like, they're attracted like, by the y- motor, apparently? Yeah, like they are attracted by, you know, sort of loud, constant noises. Uh-huh. Like, you know, car engine idling. Kind of like themselves. Um, so, like, I have a sort of theory of why you don't see them much in cities. You know, it's and it's not because of the trees, necessarily. Do you know how many sources of loud noise would be dangerous to a cicada? Quite a bit. I guess my other thought was, I think they burrow underground and lay, like, these worm things that live there for those 17 years, and they're, like, literally alive. Maybe no, it's not a tree, one or the other. Well, they... Apparently, they lay branches in, like, a slit on a tree branch, mm-hmm. and then, like, they drop down into drop down to the ground, and then they burrow into the ground and, like, feed off of uh, the sap and tree roots. Okay, so I'm going with the theory that in the city, people have ripped up the ground and redid the yards and built concrete on the ground. That's my theory. Uh, I see yours, too. Well, but then there's a huge patch of woods down at the end of my street. And there's sure. and I haven't seen any of them down there. Okay, if there's a huge patch of woods, I would say that that would seem like they would be there. And there's deer there in the woods. I remember we saw that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know that's decently wild. And then you know plus there's you know in my backyard there's plenty of tall trees. They must have been there for more than seventeen years by now. Okay. Um. So yeah. So in the city, loud sources of constant noise that might be dangerous to a cicada include car engines, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh. AC units, like pretty much anything with a fan in it. True. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, like power tools, you know, like your Dremel tool. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm uh, like, or like maybe like the rumbling of like a sewer or something. How's yeah. the sewer dangerous? Uh, water, like yeah. kind of rushing water. It's like a stream. And... I don't know, but so. yeah, yeah, I, I see that. It could be too timing thing. Because yeah. like I said, I was I was outside on Sunday evening out in a walk for a walk in the woods, and I didn't see or hear anything unusual. So it could be it's a timing thing because I know we get them. So it could even be a timing thing too. I don't know. So um, let's see. I think it's brood nine or something that also emerges in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia. So if you don't get them this year, you might get them in like another three years. So uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of these little freaky bug things going around and, you know, really they're only dangerous if you think they're dangerous, but, you know, remember they're more afraid of you than you are of them. Wait, they're not actually afraid of you at all. Actually not. (laughs) They'll just, you know, buzz up and, you know, land on you. Hey, how you doing, man? (laughs) You have any extra food? (laughs) Actually, they don't even eat the stuff we eat. Yes. You know, they've been sipping sap for the past 17 years. Like, they don't eat any leaves or crops or anything. I think once they they hatch out, they may just live on what they have and die. Not 100% positive, but I think they may. Or or they might, like, suck on a leaf or something, Mm -hmm. but not eat it. Not sure. So, um, yeah, I'll probably, like, go out and uh, collect a few things. You know, like, you know, shoot some videos and maybe collect samples. So when you said shoot some, the first the first thing that came to my mind is like, wow, he's going to go shoot some? That sounds shoot, fun. Shoot How some, does that work? Shoot some videos, shoot okay. some photos. Sorry, I like guns. Just too excited here. Okay. So, um, just a side note. I'm not sure what kind of a camera is not a point-and-shoot kind of camera. 
I, I I see that. I think the idea was, well, let's quickly point and shoot, like fast, you know, draw it and point and shoot. But yes, it's true. Most cameras do point and shoot. Even my DSLR points, points and, and shoots. shoots. And rather quickly, too, since it's a DSLR. Yeah. Um, I think I may have done a demonstration before of doing clack, 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 clack. <laughs> they can go pretty fast. Um, and also it can do video, so it can point and shoot 30 times a second. Think, Which is rather fast. I yep. think I can also set it to do 60 times a second. Nice. So you can do time lapse then and uh, slow it way down. Yep. So uh, uh, so there's a sort of misconception about cicadas. You know, they are not locusts um, because, like, they don't eat everything. Mm-hmm. And um, they're kind of, like, calm and docile. But they're kind of loud otherwise. They're very loud. <laughs> Um, and also they make uh, loud noise by like having hollow parts in their abdomens. Um, let's see. And also there are 17 year cicadas. There are 13 year cicadas and then there are annual cicadas. Like, uh, do you know, like when you step outside in July and August and the heat is trying to kill you Mm -hmm. and you hear a noise. Yep. That's the annual cicadas. (laughs) So, you don't see those ones. You hear them. I know what you're talking about. You I, don't see I them actually, too much. I have seen a few of them in my life. So, like the uh, 17 year ones, they're like they have like orange highlights, mm-hmm. but the annual ones, all that orange is dark green. Ah, are they the same size? Yeah. Okay. See, I don't think I see the annual ones too much, but I definitely hear them. Yep. So, uh, what else did you do? On Saturday, I went to the Pittsburgh Tech Fest. That was pretty good. Um, a bunch of different talks. There, one of the better talks that I heard was on how, why automated testing fails. And so the speaker went through uh, different common pitfalls that companies hit, uh, like they keep around tests that are no longer valuable and should be deleted. Where they think, oh, automation, we can, like, fire the testers and just automate everything and saves us money, right? And so, you know, his point was you don't replace that. But it becomes like a pyramid. You have unit tests, integration tests, and automated, or not, manual testing on top. Uh, but it's in proportion to each other. It's not a uh, have one or the other thing. So, yeah, and then he went in and got in a couple, uh, after he went through the pitfalls, he went through some some ways to get out of those pitfalls and so it was really good i uh, also went to some chef training as well for that that was another part of that so that was interesting kind of like doing devops type of things so yeah good event good good thing to go to so um we here at control structure are fans of the stanley parable yes we are so uh in uh honor of uh Raphael, the Raphael parable is real because I found it and I've played through a little bit and I showed uh, Stephen a little bit of it. And it is awesome because you can do literally anything. It is emotional. It is logic and like all this other stuff. So what did you think about it? Uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, it was interesting to see all the different rooms and how they've twisted them around to, to totally... Different things that the the one you were showing me was the bays, how you can walk through one door in the one bay and end up on the other side of the bay, and you just kind of kind of walk back and forth between them. And uh, uh, and of course, you know the 
oddly shaped table in the middle of the uh, uh, cubicle farm. Remember the cubicle farm? I'm having yeah. trouble with the oddly shaped table now. Yeah, it was like, you know, sitting here and then like the table was sort of like going off like this, like in front. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, office in the bathroom. Ha, the office in the bathroom, yes. Because, you know, like pretty much every office building has an office in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've never actually been in one of those. Um, I've actually... Uh, in my current place before we remodeled, like someone was actually sitting next to the bathroom. <laughs> it was like in the supply room area, but uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, check that out if you have the Stanley Parable, because this is a like a custom map uh, for that. So yeah, go and check that out. Uh, recently, I've been talking a little bit about tea time, so I finally put that up on GitHub. Uh, I ran the uh, script through and generated uh, new times for everything. So as of next Sunday, it'll be uh, all accurate still. So oh, nice, nice. How you even had uh, some stars there. Yes, I have stars from uh, four people whom I do not know that they must have looked at it and they're like, "Hey, this is cool." That's, that's impressive that they already found it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think the first day I had two, and then the second day I had another two. So did you have the website, the project site up at the same time as you pushed the code out? Um, so uh, I'll get to that in a little bit. So uh, let's see. One of the things that kind of bugged me was that sometimes the like the very last uh, stop some, sometimes had uh, like double times. So, like, if there, it would stop at the last stop at 10 o'clock, it would have two entries for 10 o'clock. So I sort of refactored and eliminated that. So that was, like, one of the big things that I wanted to fix. So uh did that and uh, actually wrote quite a bit on the README. So, you know, anyone yeah. coming by should be able to figure it out a little bit easier. Um, and then, uh, as you said, the demo site, uh, which is actually, uh, GitHub pages. You know, if you ever come across any, uh, github.io links, uh, like it's, I have something up on there now. So, and it's really easy. All you need to do is push a gh-pages branch into your repository and suddenly you'll have something up on github.io. And I have included a uh, the documentation in the show notes uh, to that point. So, you know, you can easily push, you know, static pages out there. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, I even uh, helpfully put in a few issues uh, into my repository. Um, so, yeah, uh, I can also see that my repository has not been forked yet, so I guess I did pretty well. Must have. Um, let's see. Then another thing is, uh, like, I'm reading through the uh, GitHub Pages docs, and it's saying to not do anything securely or anything sensitive because there's no HTTPS, uh, when clearly GitHub Pages was giving me HTTPS links. And I'm like, what's going on here? And then it was like a few hours later that I see a news post saying that, hey, everything's now HTTPS.
Raspberry. 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 Beep. So, apparently, Premier Farnell, uh, they make the Raspberry Pi. Premier uh, Farnell. Farnell, thank something. you. Something. Something like that. Has been bought by, you're going to have to help me with the name again, Andrew. Dat. Dat Wettler. Dat Wettler. Sounds good to okay, me. Okay, sounds good. Anyways, they spent 200, no, not 200, 615 million pounds, which equates to like... 800 million Six, yeah, 800, dollars about-ish. Yeah, 860 million or something. So it says that they were uh, kind of doing, despite the pie, obviously, is very doing very well as far as sales. I guess there's, uh, what's said How many pies a second they sold? 700 uh, units per second is the demand. Pretty good demand. Anyways, in, in 2012. In 2012, okay. That's a good, good thing to prefix it with. Uh, anyways, apparently they're... Uh, Profit has been down, and so they went ahead and sold to this other company. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it goes well. I guess the company's stocks jumped. They said after they bought it, so that's that's good news that their which, stocks went up. That people trust them. Yeah, which usually happens when a company is about to get bought out because they figure it's going to get better, not worse. Yeah. So um, uh, I think they kind of didn't uh, hold out quite long enough. Because this is at not an Instagram. It's not an Instagram. Yeah. Let's go on to our uh, this episode's lol apple. <laughs> so uh, it's gonna be pretty short because WWDC happened uh, and everyone ran around like chickens with their head cut off. Uh, so uh, go ahead and listen to the Nexus special uh, episode forty six uh, if you want to learn more about that. Or listen to Podkit or something, whatever, because um, I don't feel like being redundant right now. <laughs> so uh, Firefox uh, 47 was released last week, so that means Firefox 48 is coming. Um, and like normally, this probably wouldn't be uh, newsworthy here, even though we're looks like we're both using Firefox right yes, now. Yes, we're both using Firefox. Uh, the next big feature is coming electrolysis so this is the project that uh, Mozilla has that is like sort of dividing up Firefox into different processes uh, so as of Firefox 48 uh, like it's current I think you can get a, uh, a beta version right now that will do this uh, that it will divide into processes the outer workings of Firefox from the stuff running inside the pages and they plan on dividing the inner one up even further into individual tabs by the end of the year. This is a pretty big deal, because this is probably why I've kind of started to gravitate to Chromium, because I found that things kind of lag in Firefox, uh, as in like Google Drive or whatnot, and I th think some of that might be just that uh, it's using a lot of cycles up and it's making the rest of it lag. Yeah. Right, so that, that's a good change. Now, one interesting thing, I saw a commenter, he was upset with all the knobs, as the Mozilla Foundation called them. Apparently, they're going to randomly be turning it on and off for certain users and yeah. collecting the stats. And this guy was a little bit, felt like it was a privacy issue that Firefox was tweaking his installation on him. Uh-huh. So, uh, when we launch Firefox 48, approximately 1% of eligible users will use E10S, or that's the shorthand for electrolysis, immediately. The 1% of release users 
uh, should get a population similar to what we have in beta, so we'll be able to compare the two. After about 10 days, we'll get another round of feedback and analysis related to the release users with and without E10S. Assuming all is well, we'll turn the knob so that the rest of the eligible users get updated to it over the following weeks. If we run into issues, we can slow the rollout, pause it, or even disable it for users that have it. We have all the knobs. (laughs) (laughs) So it was funny today at work. uh, We were actually talking about browsers and such. And the one guy made the comment that Firefox is dead. And I went and looked up W3 schools. And it's like, I think 13% or 17% it's sitting at right now. And Chrome is like, uh, I don't know, was... I'm going to throw it out 70, 60, something like that. Okay. But there's a problem with that. Yes. W3 schools only report stats for W3 schools. Ha, so it's a little bit skewed. Let's, let's see a different link then. I think stat counter. Yeah. I, we've talked about this before. I agree stat counter is better because it's actually legitly hitting any random user, which would be why IE is basically non-existent. Yeah. Um... Uh, okay, I went to stat counter. Uh, Let's try Googling this one. Stat counter web browser stats. GS.statcounter.com. Ah, there it is. So uh, Chrome, let's see if we can get it pop up. 56.94, Firefox 14.52, which is ahead of IE, 11.38. Safari, uh, 9.69%. Safari being the IE of Mac. And Opera, about 2%. (laughs) It was amazing that that just still kind of keeps living. Just just, those couple people out there. (laughs) Yep, it's pretty much the constant, you know, (laughs) 1% to 2%. I was like, I'll never give it up (laughs) out of my cold, dead hands. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, good things are happening to Firefox. Yes, that that is a, a great thing. It seems like a lot of anger though in that 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 posts, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, um, speaking about things that are changing, and hey, we even talked about a buyout uh, earlier. Uh, um, well, that's actually coming later. But Microsoft is doing all of these things. Uh, first thing that they're doing is uh, the 260 character path length in Windows is going away uh, as of the uh, Windows 10 anniversary update. Windows 10? I might upgrade. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I want to do a... Whenever I get around to, you know, really, you know, thoroughly observing international backup of awareness day on my desktop, it is getting Windows 10. I mean, going past 260 characters, that that that's that's a notable feature. They finally get, did a noteworthy feature in Windows 10. Yeah. Uh, along with the um, Linux subsystem for Linux. That that was pretty good, too. <laughs> so so I, I think Microsoft has finally delivered, maybe, and I still don't trust them. So, um, yeah, this will definitely help with uh, people who like to use Node.js because, like, I've heard that there's insanely long path stuff going on in node.js i I find that just in general that has been an annoyance uh specifically one place is at work we have uh very complex file paths in our software and if you don't stick it like very close to the root of the drive under a folder not named very longly (laughs) it gets issues when you get out there at some of the deeper 
projects in the solution. And so even places like that would be huge. Uh, so um, over the past couple of years, I uh, you know have sort of you know take stolen an idea from Linux and obsessively placed things under my under my user directory. So like going from Windows XP, which would be like C slash like documents and settings slash username. Mm -hmm. Like as of Vista and later, it's C slash users slash whatever. Yep. So that cuts off like 10 or 15 characters off of the uh, path so name. So document space went away. So user space document and set. Yes, yeah, so like user documents and settings. It was just a space in the path. Yeah. That is so terrible. So, so instead of, you know, typing, you know, like, you know, doc u tilde one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you ever had to type those kinds of paths? Yeah, I, I hate the paths with the Windows space stuff in it. Yeah. Which is why we shouldn't use spaces and use underscores instead. Although, you know, unless you're, uh, you know, typing in a command line, it's okay to put spaces in your paths. It just makes life hard. <laughs> well, you... Do use the tab key when you're in a command line, don't you? I do, but the tab key in Windows is broken. Sometimes, but it, I've managed to... It, like, randomly picks one. <laughs> it doesn't follow it, a logical pattern. It I'm, picks one randomly. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it does go in, like, ASCII-betically order. Which is terrible if you have, like, thousands of them. Just yeah. go like, oh, we have 5,000 of them. You really want to see them all right now? Maybe you want to give us a little more of a hint so we can narrow it down for you. <laughs> so, uh, as I may have eluded, that Microsoft is buying someone. You know what? They're, who they're buying? This is, like, completely out of the blue. Should I cheat and read the show notes? Might as well. LinkedIn? Yes. For, like, 26 Instagrams. That's quite a bit of money. Yeah. So this is, like, many times... This is more than 26 times more So uh, than uh, the Raspberry Pi Foundation people. Yes. Do you... Th okay, I'm going to think motive here, money trail. Do you think Microsoft just wants a way to find all the good developers and steal them for themselves? Or do you think that Microsoft actually hopes to make that much money off of this website maybe but then again you know microsoft like all well i wouldn't say all but most big tech companies has a lot of money lying around like, oh let's just buy linkedin it's cheap enough so yeah let's just go ahead and buy them for like 26 point something billion so um i've heard on some forums that or at least one suggestion is that Microsoft doesn't want the service, it wants the users, which seems very odd to me because, like, LinkedIn is supposed to be a professional website, you know, for, like, you know, in professional employees and whatnot, who at least 95% of which use some Microsoft product. If Some, if they're if but... they're if they're not using Windows, they're probably using ex Exchange or Office. So so I, I guess some, but this is social media. Yeah. Does Microsoft even have a, a like a Google Plus, Facebook type of thing? I don't think they do. So this could be their entrance into the market in that arena. Yeah. 
and you have a really awesome user base. Because, yeah, I have a LinkedIn account because just like everyone that has a job has a LinkedIn account, it seems. is It seems a decent way to connect professionally because, you know, Facebook's okay, but not that great. Um, from what I've heard, Facebook sucks. Yeah, I don't use Facebook much. Um, I don't have a Facebook account. See, I, I've considered deleting it before, but there's some people that I, like from college and such, yeah. that I have absolutely no other way to contact. So it's like if I delete it, then I couldn't contact them and they couldn't contact me. So it's like, not that we have really contacted very much, just obscure people that I only talked with, you know, a little bit at college. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, yeah. Pretty much the reason why people keep using Facebook is that everyone else keeps using Facebook. See, it's a self-feeding problem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've never had a Facebook account. Uh, I've not had a Facebook account since before not having a Facebook account was cool. It's a problem solved. <laughs> so, um, hey, you know another thing that I say, right? Um, I don't watch TV. You don't watch TV, that's correct. Um, mostly because I don't have a TV. Like, you can, like, look around and, like, I actually don't have a TV. I, I don't see a TV, just three monster, four monitors. So, um, do you know what's on TV tonight? Uh, ransomware. You don't say. Yes. So, if you have one of these, uh, smart TVs, uh... You may be vulnerable to something called F Locker. This is, um, well, you know, like all these, uh, ransomware, uh, things going around on PCs that, like, I don't know, accuse you of downloading copyrighted material or kitty porn or copyrighted kitty porn illegally. PCs and the, we talked about the Linux one recently too, where they, they locked down the, what was it, something with a, a encrypt, <coughs> encrypted the hard drive or something? Yeah. And then, uh, and then like, de- like demanded, uh, money in Bitcoin. Yes. Yeah. So, um, that's already hit, uh, Android and Android based devices, alike uh, smart TVs. Um, so yeah, basically it's the same thing that, uh, it pretty much prevents you from doing anything with the device, accuses you of some spurious, uh, infraction and demands $200 worth of iTunes cards. This is, uh, kind of a new one to hit your TV, but, uh, it makes sense and it's logical. It was interesting the the article was talking about the Android phones. You were saying how it even would take pictures of the user and show the pic- user's picture, which really the phones are more connected than our computers, so the phone actually is a very good target for people to attack. It's like, oh, yeah, we have a picture of you, and, like, we're the FBI. Ha-ha, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. got you now. Yeah, we're the FBI. Pay us with iTunes gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. Yeah, like, totally, man. Yeah. So, uh, do we have some podcast feedback? Oh, we do have some podcast feedback. Oh, you mean that it wasn't spam? It wasn't spam. I think it did come to my spam folder, though, but, uh, yeah, we rescued it. Okay, so it says, hello, headphones, a socially acceptable, quote, I'm ignoring you, unquote, device. And he links the Urban Dictionary on headphones, and he says, a good set of headphones is essential to allow gamers to enjoy games to the fullest. What do you view as the best set on the market for comfort, sound, quality, and price, period? Best regards, comma, CC Tank 1. 
And I'll let you feel that, Andrew. Okay, so the uh, headphones that I use on a day-to-day basis are the Sennheiser HD 280 Pro. Um, So since, well, probably, yeah, since before I started doing the podcast, that is the Control Structure podcast, that um, I kind of had it with kind of cheap uh, earbuds and headphones and whatnot. And, you know, I started looking around and found out that Sennheiser is a pretty good brand. So I'm like, okay, let's look at Sennheiser headphones. And I found a pair for uh, $99 in some. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, how should I say, a decent amount of money, but not a regrettable amount of money. So I got them and they are the best headphones I've ever had in my life. So I know I have a pair of headphones that, they're okay headphones, but if you wear them for a couple hours, your ears just kind of start aching. Do these uh, not ache if you wear them like all day, say? Uh, not really. So you can sort of see that they have a nice, you know, compartment there. Yep. And, you know, there is like some give in the material on the inside. Um, but it's not the aching part that gets me. Um, apparently my skin is pretty damp, so if I have them on for, like, about two hours or so, it feels like my ears are sweating, and they get kind of warm and damp. So, like, every so often I'll have to, like, set them down for a few minutes and, like, let, let them dry out. Yeah, let them air out for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah. I was gonna suggest a built-in fan, and then I realized that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Yeah, I think I was working at the uh, cell phone uh, management company, which at the time was about, what, 10 or 15 miles away, you know, from my old apartment to South Point. Okay. So uh, sometimes I would, like, you know, go to my parents' house or, like, on vacation or whatever, and I would take the headphones with me because I had them down at work. So, and then, you know, the Monday or whatever day I happened to get back... I would tend to forget them. So, like, I would be at work, and I wouldn't have my headphones, and I'm like, this sucks. And I'm not driving, like, 10 miles to, you know, my apartment and back during lunch to get them. So, I'm like, you know what? Forget it. They're only 99 bucks. I'm getting another pair. There you go. So, you've had your original pair for a couple years now, then? Yeah, I believe these are actually the original because they're kind of worn out. A little bit. The ones I have at work are the newer pair. Yeah. So that must last pretty good then. But for $99, you figure that they yeah. better last. So I've heard to stay away from Beats um, because uh, these particular headphones, well, and a lot of other ones, are designed to be more like studio monitors. So that means they have a flat response. So that means that what you're hearing is sort of accurate in that, you know, what the producers or the artist wanted you to hear. Uh, I've heard that beats, you know, very much sort of amplifies the bass of things. So I guess people got tired of, you know, having very teeny kind of headphones. So they're like, okay, well, forget this. You know, like, we need to, like, vibrate your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Vibrate your brain. So um, try to stay away from those. Uh, Get like ones that are like more professional level. 
So, you know, you can get those for 99 bucks instead of paying like what 500 for Beats or something. Um, I've heard Skull Candy is a little bit better, but still kind of crap compared to Sennheiser or Audio Technica, which I think is a brand that um, the Mr. Rampersad has. So, yeah, either of those two um, are pretty good. And, uh, like, I'm I'm sort of an audiophile, but not the kind that is easily parted with his money. <laughs> so it's the balance. So, like, you know, I have a surround sound system that costs less than $1,000, and you've heard it, and it sounds great. It does sound good. So, and that also helps that I've actually placed the speakers vaguely where they should be. So, um, yeah. And also, you know, like all the feedback email, this went into the spam folder and I saw it and I, you know, you know, saw like a bunch of headphones stuff in there. I was like, yeah, this is probably like legitimately spam. (laughs) (laughs) So you never even like actually read it. I, I did read it and I'm like, this can't be serious. (laughs) did miss his question mark in this question. He put a period, not a question mark. Yeah, that that was part of the, you know, yeah, this is legitimately spam stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, turns out that it was, like, from your brother or yeah, something. Yeah, it actually was, which is why when I noticed you didn't have it, I was like, oh, we had feedback. You're like, oh, it was spam. So then I had to tell. <laughs> Spoilers. So, um, if you would like to give us feedback, uh, please go ahead and do so on the nexus.tv and, uh, we will look in the spam folder for it. I do check my spam folder. Yes. Um, so, uh, I don't think that, um, like normally if you click through to the feedback from the uh, podcast, like a, an episode page that it will say, you know, in, in regards to control structure episode number, whatever, comma and then you know uh put it and then like the rest of the message follows after that um i didn't see that with this one so that was another strike against interesting um but uh yeah uh regardless uh if you want to send feedback it will at least be considered (laughs) (laughs) but maybe still spammed um or else uh, if it's really good spam we might just read it anyway yes (laughs) Uh, so, uh, anyways, do not forget that today is International Backup Awareness Day, so back up all your stuff before you upgrade to Windows 10, which the window is closing quite rapidly now. When is it? End of July? I think so. Okay, I'll procrastinate for a few minutes. So, so go outside, enjoy the cicadas while you can, you can even watch them all die, and then you can come in and install Windows 10. Sounds like a plan. So, um, yeah, they're not going to last too much longer. They've been out for a week or two, so they might have another two weeks left. I'm not really sure on their their lifespan. I think it's short, though. Um, Actually, these periodical cicadas are, like, the longest-lived, like, anthropods. Because, like, they spend 17 years in a ground. Like, I don't know of any other insect that lives for 17 years. That or there's ones that live, like, a few hundred years and we just haven't figured it out yet. Or that, uh, but at that point there's, like, tortoises that live, like, for 200. Yeah. So, um, then again, like, tortoises are a completely different kind of species. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's kind of weird to, like, spend 17 years sucking on a tree root for food and then, you know, come out of the ground and fly around for a month and die. It is... 
bit weird. It's kind of a letdown. <laughs> just it's just a, a bit. It's a ripoff. It is a ripoff. <laughs> Life is not what it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, this is not what they advertised at all. They said I could fly, but they didn't say how long. But I can fly, but rather clumsily. Yes. And I run into these apes, and they're, like, not too friendly. Like, they have these things that, like, emit sound, and I think it might be a girl or something, so I fly up to it, and then, like, it hits me. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of sucks being a cicada. Yes, it does. So, but, yeah, if you ever want to, uh... Like, experience, like, biblical phenomenon, but, like, not biblically. Like, you know something's wrong when, like, there's this permeating sound coming from everywhere and yet nowhere. And you walk up to a tree and you see, like, thousands of these things. Like, some of them are actually cicadas and some of them are, like, their old skin, like, hanging on the tree. It's... Kind of weird and psychedelic and whoa, man. So, yeah. So go out and enjoy the cicadas. And, um, yeah, so um, have a good one. You too.